What's up, word nerds? Welcome to the dictionary. Thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out this podcast, this show. It's on the podcast platforms and it's on the YouTube platform. If you want to watch the video, it's all up there for free. All you got to do is thumbs it up, comment, share it, send it around, and also subscribe. Subscribe. What's what's the hand motion for subscribe? I don't know. Hit that button. Okay, let's get into these words. We are finishing the EN section today in this episode. The, the last word is the last EN word. And then we get into a whole new section because that's how this works. All right, the first word is envisage. E-N-V-I-S-A-G-E. This is a verb from 1660, and uh, we are starting with, whoa, there's, oh, I, I see what happened there. Okay, we are starting with transitive. Uh, it's only transitive, I should say. Number one, to view or regard in a certain way, as in envisages the slum as a hotbed of crime. That's how a lot of people look at the quote-unquote slums. Um, the places that don't have as much money. Um, maybe the buildings aren't great. Uh, there's, uh, there's possibly a hotbed of crime there. To view or regard. We're viewing the slum in that way, regarding it in that way, envisaging. Envisaging. Yeah. The dictionary comes up with really interesting examples. Number two, to have a mental picture of, especially in advance of realization. So before this thing is realized physically, before you make it, before I made this podcast, I envisaged it, envisaged it in my head. I had a mental picture of it. Now, it wasn't the most clear mental picture. It didn't look at the future. It was just like, here's a nugget. Let's do that. Uh, let's see. As in the example, envisages an entirely new system of education. Oh, what could that be? Is somebody, are you envisaging a new system of education where everybody gets the same education and a good education? What? Okay, let's do that. Um, a synonym is the word think. That's it. It's just thinking. It's just a very fancy way to say think. And some of us are not the fanciest of people, so we just say think. That's what I do. I don't say envisage. This word is from the French envisager. Sure, why not? Envisager, which is from N plus visage or visage, and that means face. Um, well, the N prefix probably means like inside of, in the thing. So it's in your face. Your thinking is in your face. In, if you could open up your face, you would see all of your thoughts because that's where your thoughts are. They're behind your face, inside of your head. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, um, let's see. The sound effect is going to be... The next word is 
envision. This is a transitive verb from 1855, to picture to oneself. You are picturing a thing to yourself in your face. As in, envisions a career dedicated to promoting peace. I like that idea of that career. I think that's kind of that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm I'm I I'm envisioning my future, my life, my work, my career, my occupation. What I do is to promote uh, peace, love, compassion, empathy, sympathy. Those are the most important things. Those are the things that I'm very consciously trying to put out into the world and to, you know, have less of uh, greed and anger and fear and those things. Uh, so I'm very conscious of that. I, that's the that's what I'm envisioning uh, for the world. Uh, that's what I want my future to be, my now to be, uh, envisioning. Uh, see, that's the thing. It's you're in the envisioning. It's it's sort of implied that it's the future. Like you're thinking about what's the thing in the future, right? So I envision a world where we can all get along and people aren't fighting other people for land, for religion. We can live in harmony and peace. I don't understand why it's not happening. Um, another the, the synonym, again, is the word think. That's all it is. Just thinking about stuff. Um, my, my future that I envision is uh, doing more of this, maybe some acting, performing, uh, filmmaking. I have talked about this many times, um, and but but always with the 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 base level thing is all about uh, kindness and love and compassion and those things. Uh, you know, just those little things, because that's what I think is important. Okay, the next word is envoy or envoy, spelled either E-N-V-O-I or with a Y instead of an I. Noun from the 14th century. Uh, this is the usually explanatory or commendatory concluding remarks to a poem, essay, or book. Especially a short final stanza of a ballad serving as a summary or dedication. Um, they, they can be explaining the thing. Uh, commendatory, commending the thing. They're concluding remarks. It's at the end, poem, essay, or book. Any sort of literature thing, if it has this short little thing at the end, that would be called an envoy or envoy. Hmm. Uh, this word is from Middle French, envoi. Uh, now, see, how do they say it? Envoi, envoi. Mm. That literally means just message. From Old French, envier, which means to send on one's way. To send on one's way. Maybe you're sending them with a message. Um, so as, as they're finishing this book, you are sending them on their way. They're going on their way after the book is done, the poem is done. You're sending them with a message. What's the message? Uh, this is also from the Latin... Uh, vulgar Latin in we are, which is from the Latin in plus via, spelled with a V, 
which means way. And there's more at the word way. So, yep. On your way, go go send this message off to somebody. Next word is, now this is pronounced the same way, envoy or envoy. This one is with a Y and not an I. Uh, this one, though, um, also a noun. <laughs> They're both nouns. Uh, this one is from 1635. Number 1A, a minister... What's this word? A minister plenipotentiary accredited to a foreign government who ranks between an ambassador and a minister resident. A minister resident. So, they are a plenipotentiary. Plenipotentiary? I've never seen this word in my life. What is this word? Accredited to a foreign government who ranks between... So it's kind of like an ambassador. You know, an ambassador goes to a foreign country and they're dealing with the foreign relations between these two countries. So they're maybe... They're kind of like that. The envoy. I've heard of this. Didn't know what it was. Um, They are also called envoy extraordinary or extra... Extra... How do you say this word? Extraordinary or extraordinary. Envoy extraordinary. What a weird title. 1B, a person delegated to represent one government in its dealings with another. So again, foreign relations, when you're dealing with two government political things, uh, then the the one who is dealing with all that, the, the delegating, they are the delegate, they are the envoy. 2 Synonyms are messenger and representative. That's what they are. You're sending them on their way with a message. Say, go get this message across. Do do the talks that you got to do so our message gets heard loud and clear. We represent us in a good manner, in a fantastic light. Go be our envoy. Well, there is more etymology, even though it looks pretty similar to the previous word. We've got French, envoyer, which is from the verb envoyer, which means to send. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So again, sending sending them away. Go over to that country. F- away with you. Away with you, little bird. Go give our message. Zip-a-da-ba-doo. Next is envy. First form, noun from the 13th century. It's just spelled E-N-V-Y. Number one, painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. So there's two parts to this. You have resentment, resentful awareness Okay, let's let's backtrack a little bit further. Somebody has an advantage. Oh, what sort of advantage might this be? They have an advantage, and you are aware of that advantage, and you resent them because of that advantage. It's painful to you that you don't have that advantage, that they have the advantage. And the other part of this is that you have a desire to have that advantage. They have it. You want it. That's envy. Is that clear? 
Is that clear? Okay. Uh, number two, the this is obsolete. The synonym is malice, which just has a whole bunch of negative connotations, just like I'm mad and I have malice. Number three, I don't know why they go from definition to obsolete to definition. Is there a better order that these could have been in? Number three, an object of envious notice or feeling, as in his new car made him the envy of his friends. So you can have envy uh, when you want something that somebody else has. Um, or you can be the envy. If somebody wants what you have, you are the envy. The envy of your friends. I don't think anybody has envy of me because of this podcast. They're not like, ooh, he has such a good advantage with that podcast who has that has less than 50 listeners, viewers, and watchers. We are so envious of that successful podcast. Uh, this word is from uh, the Latin invidia, in invidus, invidus, which means envious, uh, from invidere, which means to look askance at. If you are looking askance, now I think I need to be reminded about what this word means, askance. Uh, let's see. Let's not flip through the pages, and let's do this one. With an attitude or look of suspicion or disapproval. Hmm. Looking at me with sus sus suspicion. Um, looking askance at, also envy, and that word in widere, that Latin word is from in plus widere, which means to see. So you put the in at the front of it, and somehow it becomes looking at somebody with suspicion or disapproval. There's more at the word wit, W-I-T. Okay, do I am I envious? Yes, of course, I get envious. I have envy of people who are doing things that I want to do which is why I'm trying to do those things as I have time. So I'm not, so I don't have envy. I'm just, just want to let me have those things. I don't know where, that's not English. Moving on. Next is the second form of envy. This is the verb from the 14th century, starting with transitive. One, to feel envy toward or on account of, to feel envy toward or on account of. On account of that, I feel envy to it. Yes, that's it's just the action of feeling envy. Two is obsolete, and the synonym is begrudge. I begrudge you because I have a grudge against you. I'm unhappy with the advantages you have in your life. And so I, I'm envying you. Intransitive, um, this is just obsolete, which is to feel or show envy. To, to feel or show envy, but it's intransitive. I don't really know how that gets word, worded or worked or used, which is why it's obsolete. Envyingly, envyingly, that is an adverb. He did a thing envyingly. He shouted out to the world about 
his feelings envyingly. He, I don't know. I can't, I, my brain don't think good things. Okay, here we go. Zilloo. We have now in wheel. In wheel. It's the word wheel, like the things that your car rolls on with N at the start. This is a transitive verb from 1604. It is obsolete, and the synonym is in circle, in wheel. So you're just going around a thing, encircling it. You could have also said in wheel, and yeah, that doesn't sound at all <laughs> accurate in any way. Um, I would have thought it was just putting wheels on a thing. Oh, let's that box, let's put some wheels on it. Put a wheel on it. Boo, 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 boo. So it can wheel around. Siddle-loop. Next is in wind. Yes, like the wind that goes in wind. This is a transitive verb from 1631. No, I'm sorry, it's in wind. It's in wind. This is to wind in or about. And the synonym is enfold. Uh, in wind, in wind, in or about. So you're just winding yourself up in some twine, uh, and it's enfold, also enfold. In wind. Yeah, I don't know. How much do we use this anymore? Next is in womb. This is the womb, the, the, the uterus. It becomes a womb when it has something growing inside of it. In womb, W-O-M-B. Transitive verb from 1590, to shut up as if in a womb. To shut up as if in a womb. You're putting something inside of something else like it's a womb. You put in some, some water, some food, some nutrients in there. You make it all cozy. Maybe you fill it with some warm liquid. You're in wombing it. No clue how somebody would use that. Probably it's very poetic, I think. Next is in rap. W-R-A-P. Transitive verb from the 14th century. Number one. To wrap in a covering. And the synonym is enfold. There's so much crossover between these words. 2A, the synonym is envelop. 2B, to preoccupy or absorb mentally, and the synonym is engross. Uh, so you are engrossed in a thing. You are enwrapped. Oh, I am so enwrapped in these words. I am, I am trying to absorb them mentally. Uh, I get absorbed. I get enwrapped in other podcasts like Ologies or The Allusionist or Clear and Vivid or The Daily or uh, what's the other one uh, that I listen to? I can't think of the name. I listen to a handful of them on the regs. Next is in wreath. Yeah, in wreath. So it's the word wreath. With an E-N at the start and an E at the end. In wreath. Transitive verb from the 15th century. To encircle with, or as if with, a wreath. This synonym is envelop. So it's very specifically 
like a wreath. You're putting a wreath-like thing on top of another thing. So maybe if I had, um, I don't know, just a circle of leaves on my head, I would be enwreathed. Or maybe they're hanging around my neck like a necklace. Um, it's You're encircling the thing with the wreath or you are enwheeling it with a wreath. And then it would be enwreathed. Next is in zoatic or in zoatic in zo in zoatic e n z o o t i c adjective from 1882 we are talking about animal diseases here peculiar to or constantly present in a locality uh, in zoatic is also a noun so we're talking about a disease in the animal population um, it's it's constantly in this one group of animals it's peculiar to that group of animals maybe or in a certain environment um, and so it's in zoatic it's in the zoo animals but not literally a zoo it could be in a zoo but zoo, we just use it for animals. I wonder why. When we get to the Zs, we will talk about how that's related to animals. Ooh, okay. Um, oh, it's from N plus epizootic, which looks like it's going to be in a few episodes from now. Oh, yes. I many episodes from now, we'll get epizootic. Something about animals again. We have now enzymatic, enzymatic, E-N-Z-Y-M-A-T-I-C. I'm also just enzymic, E-N-Z-Y-M-I-C, enzymic or enzymatic. Adjective from 1900, of, relating to, or produced by an enzyme. Enzymatically is... Uh, is an adverb, and that word can also be enzyme, enzymically. What? Enzymically? No, that's not enzymically. I thought there was a line over the I, and so it was enzyme, enzymically, but no, it's enzymically. Or enzymatically, which is a much easier word to say. Um, I mean, yeah, this is just about enzymes. It's relating to enzymes, produced by enzymes. So, so do you think we should talk about enzymes? Okay, let's talk about enzymes. That's what we're here to do every day. Enzyme, E-N-Z-Y-M-E, noun from 1881. I don't know what these are. There's something in the body and other things. Any of numerous complex proteins that are produced by living cells and catalyze specific biochemical reactions at body temperatures. Okay, they are. They're a kind of protein. That's the first thing that we should remember. Enzymes are a kind of protein. Complex protein, to be specific. There are, sounds like there's lots of kinds of enzymes because it says any of numerous complex proteins. Uh, they are produced in living cells. So anything that's living, 
I think we're talking about animal or plant or possibly fungus. Uh, they're, they're producing these enzymes inside. Uh, and they catalyze specific biochemical reactions. So there are certain chemical things happening biologically at body temperature. So whatever the temperature of that body is supposed to be, these enzymes are going to be doing some biochemical stuff. Lots of this stuff happening all the time, I think. Uh, this word... Um, it's from Middle Greek enzymos, which means leavened, like leavened bread that has risen. How? I don't know. Uh, also from the Greek en plus zyme or zyme, which means leaven. So I don't understand how the... Well, okay, okay. Well, I mean, this is sort of a backtrack, but like... The, the the leavening of bread, there's enzymes, the yeast, you know, there's probably lots of enzymes doing the stuff which makes the bread rise, leaven. Um, but so is that like, is that where this word comes from? That they were like, what's the process of why is the bread rising? Well, it's because of these things. That's the, oh, the, the, the bread has leavened. Uh, so that's the word enzymos. And then what are we going to call the things that made that happen? Let's call them enzymes because they make the bread rise. But now we have all these other things that are enzymes that aren't related to bread rising at all. Is that the history of this word? That's what I want to know. Um, there's also more at the word juice. J-U-I-C-E. Like some, like a large orange juice. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Next is enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay. Four words, uh, an enzyme-linked are linked with a hyphen. Enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay. Noun from 1976. And there's one long, long definition. An in vitro method for quantifying an antigen or antibody concentration in which the test material is immobilized on a surface and exposed either or either to a complex of an enzyme linked to an antibody specific for the antigen or an enzyme linked to an antigen specific for the antibody followed by reaction of the enzyme with a substrate to yield a colored product corresponding to the concentration of the test material. Called also E-L-I-S-A or ELISA. And I don't know what I read. Lots of words. I was just trying to read it good. An in vitro method for quantifying an antigen or antibody. No, 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 no. We're just going to put a link in the show notes for enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay if you would like to understand that better. And now we're going to go on to the last word. We have enzymology. Enzymology. Sounds like the study of enzymes. E-N-Z-Y-M-O-L-O-G-Y. Noun from circa 1900. A branch of biochemistry that deals with the properties 
activity, and significance of enzymes. It's interesting that they put those words, properties, activity, significance. I mean, they could have just left it as biochemistry that deals with enzymes. But no, they wanted to talk about specifically, you're learning about studying the properties of enzymes, the activity, what sort of activities do enzymes do? Do they play enzyme football? Um, and then also the significance. How significant are they? Are they important? Yes. Why? Don't know. Um, enzymologist is a noun. That's pretty obvious. Okay, now let's come up with a word of the episode. Spencer's going to pick? No, I don't know. Let's not sing a song about that. We have envisage, envision, envoy or envoy, envy, envy, in wheel, in wind, in wind, in womb, in wrap, in wreath, in zootic, enzymatic, um, enzyme, enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, and enzymology. Well, I think that I am going to pick envoy, E-N-V-O-I, as the word of the episode because it's just the last thing in literature that you leave your readers with so they can go on with their day with that wonderful thought. And what is going to be my envoy in this episode? Um, can, and can he sing it? Probably not. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go back to my basics and just be like, um, uh, As you turn off this podcast, I wish you the best. Please have love and compassion for all of the rest. Oh, that came out so much better than I expected it would. Um, not much of a song, but that's those are the words that I like. Uh, and that's uh, that's that's a uh, that's a true statement. I hope that we're just passing on the love and compassion to the everybody. All right, and now with that, we will talk about a couple of movies. Uh, let's see. We watched the the Halloween two. Um, I'm oh, I think this is the one that's mostly in a hospital, and uh, I always have lots of thoughts about these movies that I watch. But um, you know, I don't think everything fully made sense. But it's a horror movie, so yeah, fun fun movie. Halloween two. This is from 1981. This is not the more recent Halloween twos. There's a couple of them. Um, oh, and then uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. We watched this. I had never played this video game. I wasn't really aware of it. And then all of a sudden, there's a movie, and all the kids are going crazy for this movie and this game. And it's really fun and heartwarming and sweet and creepy and awesome, awesome, awesome puppets and animatronics from the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good one. It's a fun one. I don't know anything about the game, so I had a good time. All right, this is the end of the episode. Thank you for consuming my content. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.